0: This is The New Digital Customer, a podcast that brings you insightful and inspiring conversations with customer-focused leaders who are transforming an innovating customer experience. And now your hosts, the CEO of Brightloom, Adam Brotman, and Chief Product Officer, Ben Straley. Hey, everybody. This is Ben. And this is Adam. Happy... New year, I guess we could say, right? In some respects. Yeah. Happy New uh, Year. Yeah. Um, well, this is going to be a fun episode. Uh, we're, we are, you know, it's a new year, uh, new presidential administration, new time for everybody to kind of think about um, all the challenges in the world and in their business and in their life. And it's kind of the typical January kind of mindset. And I think we're no different. You know, we're, um, both us personally and, and at Brightloom and with this podcast, we're kind of thinking about, um, you know, our, you know, the roots of kind of why we're here, like why why Brightloom is here and Ben, kind of what you and I are focused on right now, which is is you know how do you use data to improve your customer relationships and improve, improve your customer experience and and you know we were talking over the holidays about how we should. Uh, talk about that for a few episodes, at least, maybe even more and, and trying to kind of uh, go in that direction. So, um, you know, I thought we could kind of kick it off by, um, uh, you know, starting from the beginning with saying, okay, we talked all last year on the podcast about this acceleration that occurred with, all, you know, the digitization of the customer base, producing all this data, And we got into talking about the new digital customer and digital strategy. But if we step back and you think about, um, you know, okay, let's just talk about data. What do you do with it? What can you do with it? And and kind of why are we so excited about it? So I I thought maybe we could kind of talk about that for a little bit. Ben, do you want to jump in and let's just start talking about it?
1: Yeah, yeah, Adam. Um, uh, You know, one of the the things that we talked about uh, and are going to talk about today is um, the, the really big transformative opportunities that um, brands have to use data to um, unlock you new know, experiences for their customers, to uh, uh, improve or, or extend the sorts of insights that they can glean from data to inform all sorts of things around um, uh, not only how to uh, engage and market to customers, but also to just uh, improve the performance of their business um, uh, overall. Um, and, uh, why don't we, uh, why don't we start there? Maybe we can, um, uh, start talking about, uh, just some, uh, some good examples of the kinds of, uh, things that, that brands are able to do today, um, to, to transform, uh, uh, customer experience.
0: Yeah, let's do that. And maybe, maybe even before we do that, let's, let's even talk about the types of data there are. And, And I don't mean like in some exhausting, geeky, you know, boring way, but just like, just plain English, just two people talking about like, all right, you know, what do we mean by data? I mean, you've got, if, if if we'll put this in context, you're a business, um, you've got customers of some sort, maybe they're guests, maybe they're customers, maybe they're whatever. And they, they are engaging with you. Uh, they're buying things from you. They're visiting your website. They're downloading your app. They're visiting your stores. They're, you know they're engaging with you on social media they're, if you start thinking about it, like there's all these ways that your customers are are interacting with you and there's some data stream that captures that on some level sometimes it's a it's organized well we'll talk about that maybe in a future episode sometimes yep. it's not but there's you know there's um and and sometimes you have access to your data and sometimes you don't you know sometimes your own the data could be sitting on, you know, some service that you don't have great access to. It's there, but you don't have it. And sometimes you've got it. So th- w- when we talk about data, Ben, I think maybe it's important to step back and say, you know, we're, there's, there's all sorts of data, but there's, you know, primarily when you and I think about the new digital customer, improving customer relationships and the and how data can improve it, we're primarily talking about this idea of, data that you have about your customer, uh, doing things with you, buying things from you that you could attribute back to that customer. So you have some ability to sort of do, you know, to, to, to do something with that data, right? That that's what we mean by data.
1: Yeah, that's what we mean. And, uh, just to, to kind of drill down on that really briefly, you know, one of the one of the opportunities that has emerged to collect this data is the um, our, our digital channels, um, and mo- even more specifically, uh, mobile applications, um, and uh, in some cases, even like loyalty cards that customers use uh, when they check out um, at the point of sale in a store. The reason the reason why those two things or those examples, these digital channels. Um, are are such an unlock is that um, every every event, every step along that progression from customer opening the app to customer checking out and getting a confirmation message is all logged and stored and available to brands to use to understand not just that customer, uh, but also all customers um, uh, and the experience that they're having in near real time with, uh, with your brand, um, with your products, with your service. Um, and so the volume of that first party data, that data that the brands are actually collecting and storing has uh, exploded exponentially with the emergence of these digital, digital channels. So as we're talking about um, these different types of data, we're really talking about the types of data that are are starting to become commonplace for brands and really available to brands to use um, that are generated uh, through through these digital channels.
0: Yeah, that's right. And we, I think we've talked about this before, but the one of the, my favorite things about um, digital strategy is that if you if you if you can create reasons that benefit the customer to engage with you as a business in a logged in state, meaning like that's not a natural thing as a customer. Like you just want to go buy your thing from a store or buy, you sit down at a restaurant like, you're not thinking about being in a logged in state. You just think about (laughs) ordering your dinner or buying your whatever. So if a brand can, from a digital strategy perspective, give you an incentive to be logged in, meaning like, Hey, when I check out, and they ask you, you know, are you a member of our whatever club? And you like, oh, I am. And, and, you know, you give them your phone number, you give them your email address, or you swipe your card or you scan your phone. Um, and they they better give you a reason to do it. They got to give you rewards. They make it convenient for you. They let you skip the line. They let you do whatever. So they give, mm-hmm. you, they give you, in the form of like convenience or rewards, a reason to do that. But the benefit to the brand behind the scenes, of course, is... Now they've got a record, a better record, i.e. data of what you did with them that they could match back to you to use that data in the future. So that, to your point, it is, and the more that that's become, like nowadays, you just, you know, particularly with COVID still going on, you don't think about ordering without being in a logged in state a lot because you're typically, you're ordering through a digital channel, like you said, Ben, and you're, you are, um, you're ordering, you know, you're, you're thinking about um ordering ahead you're thinking about delivery you're thinking about getting your rewards points and it's it's never been more it's never been more prevalent that people are ordering through digital channels like you said which means there's never been more data as we're talking about for these brands to have so that's that's a good sort of primer right on kind of like, what do we mean by data why, why is it important yep. like what's going on
1: yeah. And just to build on that for a second, Adam, the, the notion that you're touching on of a value exchange between the brand and the customer is so critical um, because customers generally are um, willing to uh, allow for the sort of data collection um, that we're talking about, provided there's something in it for them and that it's done you know, ethically and transparently and um, and, and what's in it for them, or you touched on a lot of these examples, so I won't repeat what you just said, but uh, there has to be something in it for them, whether it's convenience or uh, uh, savings or personalization or some combination of, of all three. Um, that is where the the big unlock uh, really begins for brands to use data to improve the experience of their customers on the one hand yep. and then at the same time you know improve the performance of the business um, uh, going forward.
0: Yeah and we should maybe in another podcast this year, let's maybe we should talk about like some of the unintended consequences or pitfalls around data around privacy and yep. security. I think that'd be an interesting conversation to, to have but for now, yeah. Like so now, okay. So here you are. You're a brand. We just talked about you've got you, you. You're now. We're sort of orienting our listeners to be like you've got data. Uh, there's a reason why you've got this data. There's a reason why the customers, volunteering to be logged in and let you have their data because they you've given them convenience and, and or rewards. And now you've got this data, and you can you know in in the case of a lot of your data, not all of it, you can match it up to the individual customer, and to, you're sitting on this goldmine of uh, I can, I can match up activity r- records of activities of what my customers have done with me. I can match it up with a, a digital, a digitized customer. And I've got this data, this first party data, uh, meaning I've, I'm collecting it myself uh, on my own customers. And I, I like Ben, you, we, when we've talked before, you, you have talked about um, five, I think you kind of talked about the five kind of primary things that you can do with data as, as a brand. Right. And yeah, um, of course at Brightloom, we're focused on one of them in particular right now, which is um, you know, engagement or frequency CRM. But like mm-hmm. but let's but let's why don't you walk everybody through the five buckets of you know how you see what what brands can do with their data.
1: Yeah. So the the five things that we see both from you know personal experience, but also just hap- see that is happening in the industry, um uh, that brand brands are using data in these different ways. One is um, really using data to improve operations and operational efficiencies. So, for example, using data to understand when there might be sort of peaks or lulls in uh, customer activity and using that information to then inform, you know, your staffing plans, labor, those kinds of things, Um, which leads to, to number two, which is around business planning. So another key use in addition to um, uh, operational efficiency is around business planning. So forecasting, uh, sales forecasting, uh, inventory planning, those kinds of things. Data, understanding customer behaviors at a very sort of granular level and in in a very predictable level gives you the opportunity then to create more sort of accurate and robust plans for future. Um, third area is around um, research and development. Uh, think about all the opportunities there are to, to to develop new products or new services or new offers to test with customers. That is informed by the data that you've got um, uh, to work with. That that uh, reveals. All sorts of insights around customer um, uh, behaviors, tastes, preferences, those sorts of things. You can use this data really to remove a lot of the risk from the R and D process, and also accelerate uh, uh, that process um, uh, when you do it when you do it well. And then you you already touched on sort of the the two other areas, which are more really around sort of marketing with a marketing focus. One is um, Customer acquisition, so using customer data to go out and find more customers like um, uh, the customers that you have today is one huge opportunity. Uh, And then the other is around engagement. So how do you deliver a better, more engaging service uh, to your existing customers and reward them for for their loyalty?
0: Yeah, and then that's a great list. So you've got, just to kind of summarize, and let's let's zero in on a couple of these. So you're saying you've got all this first-party data. You mentioned you, operational efficiencies, business planning, R and D, and then you get into like these marketing areas around acquiring customers and yep. and then engaging with your current customers. And you know, like we said at, at Brightloom, we're we're hyper focused right now on this idea of how to use data to engage with your your current customers. And um, but if you just kind of take marketing in general and you think about um, you know, these things that you can, that, you know, you can do with your data, uh, it gets pretty exciting because now you can be, like we talked about, like you can be more effective uh, uh, at what you're doing. Um, And at the same time, um, on the engagement side, you get the double, the double, you know, effect of not only being more effective, but providing a better experience for your customers. Because if you, if you are sending, if you're using that data to tailor a message, for example, to a customer, It's both, you can be both, you know, moving your, your business forward in a better way because you're, you're more, you're more relevant, but because you're more relevant, you're providing a better experience. So it gets to be really a neat, a neat, a neat thing to think about, like how you can use data in all these ways. But, you know, one, one thing that's worth mentioning, Ben, we should talk about this for a second is, okay. We just mentioned how neat that is, all these benefits you can, all these things you can do, particularly in the marketing area. Um, but, you know, that's because you you think about it, you're doing something with the record of the activity of your customers in the form of data. If you are selling on a marketplace mm-hmm. uh, uh, or through a wholesale channel, for example, they're, they're, they're not the same, but they're similar. You're, you know, yes, your product's ending up in the hands of a customer that you consider one of your customers, but it's also someone else's customer. It's that You know, if you're wholesaling or using a marketplace, it's that retailer or that marketplace's customer, and they have the first-party data. They have a better record of who actually bought or engaged because they they did the transaction, not you. And now, yes, you got some revenue, uh, and you maybe even got a customer in that sense. But you you you're losing the opportunity to use this data, right? So, I mean, that's that's why it's important to be aware of. Uh, the things that you're doing as a business where you might not be getting the data and why that's important.
1: Yeah. And, and I think that's such a important point, Adam, because um, I, I expect over the next, you know, two, three years, what is going to emerge is a heightened awareness among um, consumer brands about the value of, of customer data as measured by what you can do with it to acquire new customers, what you can do with it to engage customers, and not just awareness at a at a sort of conceptual abstract level, but actually being able to assign a value, a dollar value to uh, to data, um, because this this sort of connection has become clear between what I what it's worth to me as a business to have access to this information um, has become so. Um, so precise that it informs and changes the way I think about opportunities with, say, third-party marketplaces or, you yes. know, creating a direct channel as opposed to selling through uh, through a retail channel. For example, if you're a if you're a wholesaler, I think we're just at the the very beginning of that that transformation that's going to happen in a lot of these industries that is going to be driven by this awareness of the true value of the data that. All these companies are sitting on that they're not really doing anything with.
0: Yeah, and that I like the way you put that. They talk about the true value of it, and it's um, it is it's interesting because if you're if if you're not using something, then you are. um, It's hard to see the value in it, right? So, in other words, like I mean, this is going to sound like a really. I'm making this analogy up as I go, so we can always edit this out if this is (laughs) stupid. But, but like you know, think about this, like. They always say one man's trash is another person's yes. treasure or whatever. Like you think about it, like you don't really value your trash if you're not doing anything with it, right? So it's a, it's a really extreme example of like you don't think of it as like an asset. Your trash is an asset. Yeah. I, I think a lot of companies they don't think of their data as an asset because they're not doing anything with it, right? So if they're not no. if you're not really Good. using it, you're like how, why should I value that? In fact, why should I give up sales on a marketplace or, you know, or or in, a, in whatever because I'm giving up data when I'm not even using it. Like it doesn't even compute, right? It's a smart business decision to give something up for something that you're not using. But if you start to, to your point, Ben, if you start to see the value in it because you're using it, yes. then then you're going to think twice about um, giving up, you know, you know, think twice about the trade-offs you make between, you know, business decisions you make where you're, where you're keeping the data versus ones where you're not keeping the data. And by the way, I'll give an example. So um, in fact, last night, this is just interesting last night uh, on Twitter, um, I follow uh, the chief digital officer for REI, and he tweeted out a great tweet that said about Netflix. And he said, Netflix strategy is simple. This is coming from Netflix. If we can continue to improve Netflix every day to better delight our customers, we can be their first choice in streaming. Well, sounds simple, makes sense. It's all about delighting and the customers, about the customer relationship, customer experience, which we know is the center of our universe, Um here's Netflix talking about that. If you go to Netflix, I'll bet you anything. And you talk about data. I've never have, I've never known anyone who's worked at Netflix. And I, but my guess is that I bet you that you walk into that corporate office and half the conversations are about data or more because they, because think about Netflix, think about your experience on Netflix is, Netflix is super personalized. It can only be personalized because they have the data on what you're doing with them, and they're using it every minute of every day when you use their product, right? So I just think it's such an interesting example. Like, I promise you that when Netflix got into their conversations with Comcast and Cox Cable and all these other things, there was no consideration that they were going to give up having the data. You know, remember, you? in fact, I'm pretty sure that when I use Netflix on Comcast or Cox, cable or whatever cable system you use netflix on uh or even in apple tv for that matter you're not using it in a non-logged in state you know like by definition oh, yeah. so we talked about like you're that they're not There would never make that trade-off and, and and i i'm sure there was a conversation at one point somewhere where somebody said yeah sure netflix you know here give us all your content and we'll reach all of our customers and we'll pay you uh you know, a royalty or we'll pay you. And then I'm sure Netflix is like, absolutely not. And and there's no way because they would be giving up the data, but it's also doesn't, it's just, it would have been completely contrary to the, their strategy, which is to delight their customers. They, they knew how to use data to delight their customers by personalizing. So that's, I I think, yeah. if if you think of other examples like that. I mean, I think Netflix is kind of the easiest one to think of, but about how somebody would value and use their data and then therefore would make strategic decisions based on it.
1: Yeah, well, um, uh, that Netflix is a great example. Another one that comes to mind is uh, TripAdvisor. Um, and a- as an example of you know whether it's you know Expedia, TripAdvisor, but again, sort of this marketplace idea, TripAdvisor does an amazing job of um, using data. Uh, at the customer level, so what customers are searching on, um, what dates they're searching on, um, destinations that they're looking at, using all of that data and information to then inform how they communicate with uh, each individual customer um, on a go-forward basis. If you if you don't if you haven't done it in a while, I would encourage you just as an experiment to go and search on on TripAdvisor. To your point, in a logged-in state, so. Use your TripAdvisor account or create one if you if you don't have one already and, and do a search for, you know, Palm Springs or, uh, you know, Miami, Florida, whatever it is, um, uh, uh, you know, select dates, do a couple of things and then watch and see what happens over the next day or two days or five days, how TripAdvisor starts to communicate with you, not just about the specific destination or the specific hotel that you might have been looking at, but really about the um, experience that you're seeking to have uh, as, a, as a customer uh, and as somebody who's thinking about taking a trip. And that's really the, you know, what I love about uh, a TripAdvisor and how they use this data is that they're communicating with their customers not in a um, very sort of direct one-to-one kind of retargeting uh, way, but really f- doing it in a much more thoughtful way that elevates the experience um, for for the consumer to continue the process of sort of dreaming about the trip that I'm going to take to either Miami or Palm Springs and assisting me in in that sort of that that dreaming and that exploration which um, leads to, loyalty and customer engagement and, and all of those things. And the, the kind of coming back around to the point that you were driving home with the Netflix example and, and the disparity in, in insight into customers between Netflix and the cable company. Similarly, like TripAdvisor is in a position now to know way more about each individual customer and each individual consumer than... The, the hotel that I might have been looking at um, staying in Miami or the resort that I was considering booking a, a trip to in Palm Springs. Um, and I, I can pretty much guarantee you that uh, uh, the, the, the brands, the consumer brands that are downstream from uh, the hospitality brands that are downstream from TripAdvisor, in this case, are waking up to, if they're not already fully aware yeah. of the 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 opportunity that they have with customer data, and the disadvantage that they are when they're working with with some marketplaces uh, because they just don't they don't get the fidelity and the consistency and the completeness of the data that they need.
0: No, that's a great example because I was it, uh, by coincidence I was talking yesterday with the leader of a major hotel uh, and and hospitality uh, brand and business and. Yeah was asking him, you know, what are they, what are you guys doing with your data? And are you, you know, are you personalizing experiences? And, and he was saying, and it was pretty cool. And I, he was saying that they, they, they do have CRM and customer relationship management and they've got their data organized and, you know, they've been on a journey and with the the place they primarily use it now is that when you go to their hotel and you're at the hotel, this, the individual personalized service you're getting is they know that about you. So they're. So it's it, it's interesting. It's like they're it's like they're using the data to personalize your experience in the real world, as opposed to on a digital touch point. But uh, but it is it it's actually kind of amazing to me that you don't see more of that and you don't see it transcend to digital more. Like yeah. go back go back to what we were just saying about like I'm sure this is true. I'm sure if I go to my Comcast uh, uh, TV or my you know Cox cable or whatever you use like uh, I'm sure if I look hard enough, there's going to be like a recommended for you stuff going on. I, I, I'm sure it's there. I haven't looked very hard, but you know, it's, it's kind of amazing to me that in some ways that here we are in 2021 and you go to your cable and you hit power and you go on and it's like guide menu, you know, (laughs) like, in other words, they, they don't, I'm surprised that there's not more of a Netflix like experience. It's,
1: on that. it's yeah, it's we've talked about this in previous podcasts and and I think it's it's so relevant to this conversation, Adam. It's like the what is showing is the business model that that has failed to evolve with along with the emergence of digital broadly and the availability of this data and the kinds of systems and models that um, if you have them, Yeah, can unlock experience, but you also have to have a business model that 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 works well with that with that approach. And so um, I suspect that, you know, with the cable companies, they just they, they just weren't they didn't emerge out of a world where there was all of this, you know, where there's this this ability to collect all of this information and and data on individual customers and tailor and craft experiences to individual customers. Those businesses started and and grew out of deals with content providers and deals with networks for for carriage basically, yeah, um, and very kind of simple and rudimentary measurement at an aggregate level as opposed to as at an individual customer level and and the same thing kind of applies to you know I think it was the predictions episode that we did in in December, talking about the emergence of recurring revenue models, this is exactly what is enabling the emergence of of recurring revenue models is the availability of data and insight into each individual customer and delivering delivering value and engaging experiences to customers over time, as opposed to being solely focused on driving transactions that are, for all intents and purposes, anonymous,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is interesting. Like, you know, when you think about all the things you can do with data in terms of how it informs experience I, and you're right, like there's, there are certain businesses that have limitations that are inherent and it probably gets in the way they think in terms of channels instead of in terms of experience yep. whatever. The the other thing I was thinking about is another example um, is uh, and it's appropriate for this time of year is I've been trying to get on the Peloton more often. And the, I, I'm really impressed with Peloton by the way, I, yeah. as a, as a customer and as a, as a user of it, I'm really impressed. The one thing though, maybe cause it's like, you know, we're all into data and customer experiences and personalization. So, and you know, so we're a hammer and everything looks like a nail to that's us. Right. Like, is that I'm surprised that when I go to the Peloton, either app or the, you know, the, the thing that on on the screen on the unit itself, that it it's not, it's not trying to do like a Netflix thing with me. It's not, it's not telling me, okay, based on kind of where you're at, this is what we'd recommend right. you do. It's, I think they must be working on that because I've never been more impressed with the company than I am with Peloton. Yeah. And they probably have other fish to fry, like how do I make more Pelotons for all the people that want them and whatever. And and their experience is great. And it's super easy to find what you need. Um, it's among the best I've ever seen. But, but they're sitting on data to personalize my experience in a way that, I mean, it's maybe all the more reason we should go buy Peloton stock because <laughs> that's only upside for them. Right. And that's, you know, and this, this is all, everything we've been talking about this part of the, this juncture of this episode is been around engagement. You mentioned the five things you can do with your data. Yep. You, know, you can, you can do, you know um, uh, you can, you know, get insights around how you can be more operationally efficient. You can do your business plan. You can do R and D, but in the marketing area, we talked about customer acquisition and engagement. And we've been talking about, frankly, like improving the experience, personalizing the experience, which is good for engagement. I think in a future episode, we should maybe talk about the other part of marketing that you can do with your data, which is customer acquisition. Yes. And, Um, it's something that Brightloom is planning on getting into in the future because we have this data and it's sort of a natural next step for us. But I think as a, as a topic, that would be a great one to talk about and, um, and just sort of kind of go down the list. But I think this has been a good, a a good conversation around, um, you know, what is data? What do we mean by it? And, you know, what can you do with it and how can you improve? experience with it and you know do you have any final thoughts or anything else you'd like to add and then we can i know we're kind of going short here a little bit than than usual because maybe maybe this year we'll kind of have an adam ben conversation and maybe next time we'll go a little longer with a guest or something like
1: that yeah that that sounds good i think the the only thing that um has come to mind through this conversation that we haven't really touched on is how how the opportunities kind of vary by uh by industry or by vertical so as I was listening to you, Adam, um, uh, and we were talking about Netflix and TripAdvisor and Peloton, you know, another example um, that came to mind for me was uh, uh, Providence Health Systems, which is uh, if you're kind of on the West Coast and in the in the Northwest part of the country, um, it's a big health system, um, and um, I've had a number of uh, experiences over the last few months um, with you know, scheduling appointments and then getting ready for appointments. And they are doing some really uh, simple yet effective uh, things with SMS, with with um, text messaging and with uh, push notifications uh, in their app that um, it has taken healthcare a really long time to do much of anything to remove friction from the patient experience. But what I am finding is that um, at least Providence is a good example of a brand that is really taking full advantage of um, that uh, permission to communicate. So clear value exchange with customer and then yeah. using the data that is being provided by both the provider, the doctor, the nurse, whatnot, uh, the, the administrative assistant uh, and and also the, the patient to make scheduling really easy, to, to provide reminders. And then even if you're, you know, going in for a procedure of some sort, communicating in the days leading up to the procedure about exactly what you should do, you know, two days yeah. before, or one day before. And as a, as a customer, as a patient, um, yeah. such a, such a, a, a better, um, loyalty and gendering experience. And I can only imagine like, well, think about, you know, airlines or concert venues, or, you know, there are so many, hospitality is a great example where, um, uh, as the, yeah. as these opportunities emerge, brands are going to really start to figure out, like, it's a much bigger, uh, opportunity than just, you know, acquisition or just, you know, when they're on the property, make it a le- little bit easier to book a reservation in the restaurant. Like there's a lot that brands can do that is going to
0: yeah. like change the very nature of the relationships they have with customers. Yeah. that So th- that example, is a great example. And that, that goes back to what you said early on about operational efficiencies, removing yeah. friction. I mean, it, the other one I think of because you're right. They, in other words, you know this about me. So besides even tailoring my experience, just make it easier. Yeah. Like I, 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 I've said this. I think on a prior episode, it drives me crazy that the place that I was ordering my acai bowl from every morning, like made me re-enter my credit card information, <laughs> yes. re-enter my favorite order. And I, you know, at Starbucks, we worked really hard to you and I, Ben, and our team on like the just using the data we had and combining it with good. Um, digital design to have to to, to remove the even things that you just said, like the thing with Providence or the thing with uh, Starbucks is that it just makes it easy to remove friction in, and which is a little different than it's a close cousin of, but it's a little different than like improving the experience necessarily, right. but, but I'm sorry, personalizing the experience to improve it in that way. In this case, it's removing friction to improve the experience in that way. So it's, I, I like this framework you came up with. I mean, I, maybe we should, it's actually interesting because we've talked about like, you know, as we, as we kind of want to spend the next X episodes talking about data yeah. and, and, you know, I think this is a good framework. You kind of talk about these five areas. And I think even within each of these areas, we can kind of deep dive. That's and right. I think we could, I, th- I think it would be good to, and I'll, I want to leave the episode on this note, which is that you know, this is, this is, I think the thorniest problem facing the industry today. And I think it's the biggest opportunity facing the industry. You know what I mean? Like when we, when you and I started working together, you know, six years ago or whatever it was, um, even longer than that, actually, (laughs) uh, you know, the biggest, the most difficult things facing the industry were how do I just have a great digital platform? You know, how do I create convenience and rewards and, and, uh, you know, how do I develop an app and a website yep. and these kind of things? It was about and presence. Now, yeah, that's right. Creating and, presence. And, and now it's like, okay, I've done all that. How do I, I've got all this data now. Yep. You know, it's time to stop. It's really hard to use this data and it's really hard to do these things. And so we should spend some time talking about like, why is it so hard? And what can you do to make it easier? And, yeah. you know, and what are all these different opportunities? Because I, it is. The toughest problem is the most interesting problem and in it's the biggest opportunity.
1: Yeah, and uh, I'll just, you know, I know we're wrapping up here, but I, I saw this really interesting stat uh, early this morning and I, I I will go and find it and um, we can uh, share it in an, another podcast. But it was something like 60 uh, something percent of Chinese consumers are basing brand preference on digital capabilities. Not not sixty eight percent of the digital customers, but sixty eight percent of Chinese consumers, and it was in the context of everything that's happening with um, uh, electric vehicles and and automated uh, driving in China. So the the other thing, the reason I'm bringing this up on this call is, in some respects, you know, we here in the United States are laggards in not just understanding what is what is possible, but uh, but also enabling the kinds of experiences that consumers in China have come to expect and consumers increasingly in the United States and Europe and Latin America and elsewhere are, are coming to expect. So I think another thing that would be really interesting to discuss in a subsequent episode, Adam, is what is happening in other parts of the world that uh, we can learn from here in the united yeah. states um and i think we should start with uh with china
0: no that's a that's a great point well on that note why don't we pause for now and this is it sounds like we got a lot to talk about in this in this domain so we'll we'll pick it up next time all right that was fun awesome until next time we'll see you later see ya.
1: well folks that's our show for today stay tuned for our next episode until then take care
0: Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on what Adam and Ben are building with their teams, visit brightloom.com and follow them on Twitter at Adam Brotman and at B Straley.